The Craig Fawley Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Lynette's Shrimp House, located in Highland Park. It's Metro Detroit's premier destination, serving juicy fried shrimp, fish, and wings, alongside soul food sides and new additions to the menu, like turkey tacos and desserts. Located at 13548 Woodward in Highland Park, just north of the Davison, Lynette's is open for takeaway, noon to 8, Tuesday and Thursday, noon to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, and noon to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Call now, get some Lynette's. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me today. It is Wednesday already. Of course, this holiday week sort of throws things off for everybody. But something important in Michigan happened yesterday. That would have been Tuesday. We got our first real glimpse of James Craig, the former Detroit police chief, as a potential candidate for something here in the state of Michigan. He, of course, went to Jackson, which is hollowed ground for the Republican Party. Jackson, Michigan, of course, is the birthplace of the Republican Party. It's a far cry, obviously, from what it used to be back then. But it was interesting to see James Craig there addressing a crowd yesterday to sort of maybe just dip his toe into the fetid waters that is the Republican Party these days. Uh, Nancy Derringer of Deadline Detroit, along with Violet Economo, who were, were there uh, to sort of see what was going on there. And she joins me right now to talk a little bit about this, uh, I guess, coming out party for James Craig yesterday. Hello, Nancy. Hi. I, I may edit something in the beginning there, but yeah, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> that's kind of what it was. It was a, it was a, it was kind of an odd speech because he didn't make a declaration of his candidacy, which is widely expected. Um, he just, it was just, uh, it was billed as James Craig's first political speech, and so he, it was just kind of like get to know a former Detroit police chief a little better and politically. So that's what he did. A little better politically. And, and I, I have to say, based on based on the coverage that you guys brought back yesterday when I was reading this, uh, he ticks off a whole lot of boxes for the MAGA crowd. Um, you know, he, he was carrying. First of all, he was, he was packing heat, which seems to be a big thing. I mean, he is a, he is an ex-cop, uh, so that's not surprising. Uh, but he made it very, very clear by opening his jacket several times. Yes, to show uh, it off. twice he showed it off. Yeah, he really underlined that one. He... Um, it was in terms of what kind of speech it was. It was pure hot button culture war, red meat for the base issues. I mean, there was nothing about Michigan policy, like you know, fixing roads or. Uh, I mean, I think election integrity got a nod, but he didn't dwell on it at all. Um, there was there was really very nothing or very little that was even within the purview of a governor. Um, but you know, he. He said that he was pro-life and that he was pro-Second Amendment and he was pro-police and he was anti-wokeism. He called it wokeism, which is a kind of a catchphrase now among the conservatives. And um, not, not just wokeism, but liberal wokeism. Liberal wokeism. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the things that I found kind of amusing is that you know, I think most of us know if you're in a well-informed person that he spent much of his career in Los Angeles and Maxine Waters got two call outs in in his speech and Rashida Tlaib only got one so he's he's clearly like you know 
has has a chip on his shoulder for Maxine Waters. Uh, well, exactly. And obviously, this goes back to his days in in Los Angeles. Um, and and but it, it was odd because I've seen her get some grief, obviously, on the right and the Fox News crowd and stuff like that. He, he has become a bit of a darling for Fox News. He's been oh, on quite a bit. So. Yeah. Um, and sort of you know honing his chops there. But as you mentioned, there was not a whole lot of discussion about any issues that are really pressing to Michigan right now. But this was God. Uh, country and guns. Yeah, essentially, that's exactly what it was. And and you're right. He he opened his suit jacket to show his sidearm, which he said, "I I'm packing. I'm always packing," which is to be expected. I mean, most police officers carry a, a weapon at some point. I know he's retired, but you know, he's that's just a habit that's really hard to break. Um, and so he said, "I will. I'm packing," and he uh, he got some couple of standing O's, which is kind of a weird thing because almost everybody was standing already because this is a very small park. I mean, yeah. it's basically the size of about a house lot. I mean, it's um, the city has grown up around this place that was at one time out in the country, um, the under the oaks. And there's still a beautiful oak tree there that is just spectacular. Uh, and that's it shaded us. So it was much more comfortable to be there than I thought it would be. But um most people were, it was standing room only. Most people were there. Um, but there was a row of like, of, of lawn chairs for older people in the front. And he got a couple of standing O's and one of them was this, I am pro-life. So, you know, that goes to show you what the uh, reproductive rights issue is for the Republican party, which is a non-starter. So, oh, well, well, I've, I've, you know, forgot to mention this too. He did get in a couple of mentions of Donald Trump and suggested that he voted oh, yeah. for Donald Trump twice, which is not shocking to me. Uh, you know, again, you see the guy on Fox news making these appearances that he has been, you, you sort of assume that that's the case. Um, you know, but this has got a lot of people looking at him now as a potentially serious challenger on the Republican side, uh, to Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, I'm not sure how seriously anybody's taking that now, but he took aim at her in the speech yesterday saying that we need to end the reign of Whitmer. I believe he called it. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I mean, clearly the applause lines are there, but did he get into any mask politics or anything like that? No, no, not at all. I mean, he talked a lot about the shutdowns and, you know, and the harm that was done to small business by the governor's, uh, actually, now that I think about it, I, I have to tell you, um, Violet, was the writer on this. She just invited me to come along and I thought, eh, it's a nice day on a Tuesday and you know, why not? Let's, let's get out of town. I mean, we've all got, we've all got stir. We're all a little stir crazy after the pandemic. So I went and I just took photographs and listened, um, but I didn't write anything down, but I think most of the Whitmer trashing was done by the previous, by the introductory speakers, which is Mike Shirky. And then the two state representatives that served that area, um, whose names I'm escaping me right now, but, okay. um, and then, uh, but all of the big, all of the big mockers in the state GOP were there. Ron Weiser was there. Michonne Maddock was there. Um, Tom, uh, Braddock was there. Um, I think that's his name. Barrett. I'm sorry. Tom Barrett was there. Um, I, I recognized a lot of familiar faces, shall we say. Yeah, well, and uh, Lena Epstein, Epstein, Lena Epstein uh, was there. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and you know, so it's it's interesting. Clearly, there's a lot of interest in, in whether or not he can sort of carry himself as a candidate, especially when you're talking about statewide office. This is, you know, typically when you make your first breach into politics, you're thinking about something else, city council, maybe a state legislative position. But to just all of a sudden go, similar to John James, for a statewide office is a difficult thing to do. Um, and there are going to be a lot of people watching him very, very carefully. He seemed 
to have been very, very wary of saying anything that could get him in any kind of trouble, uh, which is evidenced by him using a teleprompter yesterday. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, although not really. I mean, anytime you're going to talk for longer than 20, 25 minutes, you have to be a pretty capable public speaker. I mean, you have to be Bill Clinton, essentially, or even Barack Obama, who can just speak off the cuff for that long. So I wasn't surprised to use a prompter. Um, I was also disappointed, but not really surprised that he didn't take a single question afterward. He, he bolted from the podium to the SUV that had brought him there and they whisked him away like he was the president of the United States. And yeah, you're right. This is kind of, you know, he's run a lot. He's run a couple of large city police departments, Cincinnati, and Detroit. Um, he was a, a leader in Los Angeles and he ran a smaller department in what Portland, Maine, which yeah, yeah. Portland, Maine, fewer than a hundred thousand people. I mean, smaller than Dearborn really. And um, so, you know, he's got some managerial experience, but you know, once again, like you said, I'm really surprised by these people who think because they have a high profile or they think they can build a high profile that they're automatically qualified to work at a level in politics that generally we, we think that people should work their way up to um, like John James, but of course, John James didn't make it. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Twice. With, yeah, twice. Exactly. So we'll see what happens with, uh, with Craig, if he ends up being a nominee. But I, I mean, I am seeing a lot of early interest here though, because the Republicans don't really have anybody lined up to challenge Gretchen Whitmer at this point in time. Uh, not anybody that they are that excited about. Um, having no, somebody right. they can rally around and, and yeah, having him not answer questions right now when he clearly is not up to snuff by his own admission right. to Nolan Finley last week that he still needs to learn a lot about politics and policy, <laughs> um, which, you know, I mean, that's it's frankly, I have no problem with him making an admission like that. I wish everybody would suggest to other people that they could learn more things. Yeah. Um, so that didn't bother me a whole lot, but clearly he's not ready to talk about the budget, education funding or anything else like that. Other no. than to talk about the importance of school choice. Yeah, exactly. And he did that. That came up. He did. He did talk about. Yeah, that was choice. just that. That was another one of the boxes that got checked off. Right. The mega yeah, right exactly. There. I mean, it really was. It was a it was a checklist of I I'm on your side, essentially, was the was the point of that speech. And he, it was very enthusiastically received. And, you know, he as he began to speak, he was a little he seemed a little like he was just settling in. But once he got rolling He's very capable. And, you know, I could easily see him um, being the nominee and and improving. I mean, he's got he's got room for improvement, but he shows that he's able to improve. And so there's something to be said for that. So, you know, one of the things uh, and I should remind folks, my guest right now, Nancy Derringer, of course, of Deadline Detroit. uh, And we're talking about John James speech yesterday, his first John James Craig speech, James Craig, John James, (laughs) James Craig, John James Craig. Maybe that's where we go in the future. Uh, No, James Craig, of course, former police chief in Detroit, gave his what was billed as his first political speech yesterday in Jackson. uh, And we, we are expecting him to announce a run for governor at some point pretty soon. He hinted at it. He didn't actually make the announcement yesterday um but i'm interested in the reaction from the crowd you said that they were enthusiastic but it did seem like that this was a hand-picked crowd of people who were already in his camp or were these genuinely curious people wondering about this guy and whether or not he could be the standard bearer for the party from the people that uh violet talked to we spoke about this on the way home and the people that i could see hanging around this was very much a 
politics is life crowd. These were not just random passersby. I mean, who, who said, Oh, let's come out and see the, you know, cause this was a, this was actually a meeting, the birthday party meeting of the um, Jackson County GOP. And they always have it at this spot because this is where they, they say their party was founded. So there you go. Um, but the, as far as the reaction of the crowd, it was, it was, like I said, it was, you know, he quotes Frederick Douglass and everybody goes crazy. It's, you know, and, and he says he's pro-life and everybody stands up. But the one thing that we heard when we asked people, when Violet asked people like, what do you know about this guy? The one thing that came up over and over and over again was he kept Detroit from burning. You know, and I just, I want to ask about that because, you know, and and this is why I wish Violet was here today and she's working on a a larger profile for, uh, of James Craig for deadline right now as we speak. So she couldn't join us today, but she covered a lot of those protests in Detroit. And, you know, I watched a lot of them as well. And I've talked to a lot of journalists who were there. I did not cover them personally, but I saw a lot of aggressive behavior on the part of Detroit police against not just journalists, but citizens that were there. And yes, he may have kept Detroit from burning technically, but, but no one there's was lighting no a match that there was going to be the type of violence we saw in other places like Minneapolis, which, of course, was instigated by some. It now appears some some right wing people or Portland, for that matter. We didn't see anybody looking to take over any government buildings. I mean, there were some random things, but it never looked like Detroit was on the verge of, of erupting the way that we saw in other cities. Those were extreme. There was were very much peaceful protests. And like you said, other than a few you know, some shoving matches here and there. There were some, you know, the cops got on the muscle a few times. Um, it was not, I mean, the idea that he kept Detroit from burning would presume that somebody was lighting a match and nobody was lighting a match in the protest crowd. Even that first night, that first couple nights when they were downtown and they were using tear gas and so forth, I don't think anyone was trying to set anything on fire. They were just kind of roaming through the streets, you know, yelling about George Floyd. But the... Um, but, you know, that, and, and, you know, if I can, a little editorial. Well, that's uh, what this show is all about. Here. Go exactly. ahead. Exactly. But it's the, what, I mean, this was, this shows the power of a lie because these people, and even Craig himself said, as cities burned across the country, you know, Detroit was, was kept, was, did not. And I'm like, okay, I'm Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, Portland. Yes. They had that. Uh, Autonomous zone in Seattle, I believe. Uh, Washington D.C. obviously had the streets Washington cleared had by the some police. Problems, although it was it was created know, by uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was Washington had some problems, but they didn't have like riots, riots. No, I mean, no. again, you know, and I mean, these demonstrations were in. They were large. They were. Um, they came from surprising places. I mean, there were an awful lot. I mean, there were a lot of. Drive through Gross Point Farms, where you used to live and I uh, live near, and look at all the Black Lives Matter signs in in houses that are worth nine hundred thousand dollars. I mean, this sure. is not this is a this was a movement that went far beyond people of color, and so you know, but they but these people who at this gathering for Craig, who were in large part older, believe what they have been told by Newsmax and OAN and to a lesser extent, Fox news, which is that the city, the country burned and James Craig is the reason that Detroit was not one. Well, and that says for me, 
you know, this is something that goes back a long, long way because the memory of of the 67 rebellion here in Detroit is still seared in the minds of a lot of Michigan residents. Uh, and just this assumption that it's about to happen at any time, you know, right. like, you know, and it's just like, it, it always bothers me a little bit. And, and the fact that you have a whole bunch of people that are really, really comfortable with the police taking whatever means necessary to make sure that it, that, that people don't ever do anything that's wrong. That means tear gas. That means rubber bullets. You know, I, I don't like that potential response. Um, no, and when your first and- inclination is to show up in riot gear, that usually sets things in motion. And and so it says to me, the mindset of this law and order is more important than, than civil rights in many instances for the, the, the people that were at that event yesterday. Well, the people who were at that event yesterday, in large part, have never seen their civil rights infringed upon. I mean, this was an overwhelmingly older, white, Jackson County crowd. I mean, you know, there were people there, like I said, the, the you know, the, the power players in the state party were there. But in terms of like who the rank and file was, it was, it was old people carrying lawn chairs and eating cupcakes, you know. And, so. and a decent amount of the state uh, political media. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a, it was a lot of that. There was, but you know, when I, um, it seemed like at least there were at least half a dozen TV stations. I recognize reporters that I've known that I know. And, and yeah, so there's uh, there's, that was for sure. Well, you know, it was news. Everybody's waiting for this guy to come out and do it. So exactly, and and now, I mean, I I, I do want to see him answer some questions, uh, and I think that's going to be critically important when he does announce. You can't just sit there and and throw out slogans and walk away. It, it, people won't stand for it, but well, maybe this they will. It's going to be interesting because this was the I said on the way home. You know, he's doing the. I bet he does the John James strategy because the question that I would have asked him if I could have asked him was, if you're so pro police. Tell me your thoughts on January 6th and, you know, don't even go there with the it was started by Antifa or something. I mean, you know, there was Michon Maddock was standing there, you know, clapping away the vice chair of the state GOP who led a march on January 6th in Washington. She claims they never entered the Capitol. She and her husband never entered the Capitol. I'll take her at her word. But, you know, for for somebody who who is practically genuflecting before a, any police officer, who was beating him with hockey sticks then? Who was beating police with flagpoles? Who was hit throwing fire extinguishers at them? I mean, th- that's a that's something he's going to have to say something about. Uh, and I think he will uh, have he to better. as well. And I mean, you know, because, well, I, I'm assuming that remember, the uh, press James, here will ask him that question. Uh, yeah, but because- John James avoided the media here for pretty much both campaigns. And he lost. And he lost. Yeah. He I mean, you know, uh, but uh, that was interesting. I mean, uh, last question for you. Did did you feel the specter of Donald Trump hanging over this thing? Did this seem like yes. a Trumpian crowd or does this seem more like yes. re- Republicans just trying to regroup? There was there were there were a lot of Trump hats on people's heads. There was a lot of uh, a lot of make America great again. And one of the big applause lines and maybe even one of the standing O's was for I voted for President Trump in 2016 and 2020. So, you know, he's he's declared himself as a supporter. And, you know, he's like, this is, I think early on he said, this is the party of Lincoln. This is the party of Teddy Roosevelt. This is the party of Ronald Reagan. And this is the party of Donald Trump. And woo, 
you know, they all go crazy. There are some other questions I have to ask him about that stuff too, when it comes to reconciling some of the racist language we saw coming out of the former president uh, on a regular basis. These are things I want to ask, but okay. uh, How you and I feel personally aside here, because anybody that listens to this show knows where I come down politically and that's fine. But I do want to get your take on how he performed and whether or not you think he's got room to grow as a candidate here. Does he have the chops to be a dynamic performer, whether you like his message or not? Yes. That's a very simple question. Yes. He, he's, uh, if people, uh, don't know much about him, his nickname is Hollywood, Hollywood, James Craig, not just because he lived in LA, but because he loves the microphone, he loves cameras and anybody who loves him that much is going to get better at it. And like I said earlier, he, he started just a little rocky, like maybe he was just a little bit nervous or maybe his prompter wasn't displaying the way he liked but he was able i mean he hit his stride early and he was he it was a good speech you know i mean it wasn't it wasn't obama level it wasn't clinton level but it was uh, a strong b I would call it strong well, B minus. It's going to be interesting to see whether or not um, this translates to a lot of support in the next couple of months. And, and if the money starts coming in, because that's going to be the indicator as to how tough he's going to be. Yeah. Um, and also it's going to be an indicator as to how seriously the Democrats are going to need to take him. Uh, because right. being an incumbent is a huge advantage in Michigan. Uh, and, and, you know, depending on what happens in the next year with the economy and everything else, you know, Whitmer may have some very strong credentials to run on. Uh, right. But there's always going to be a challenge you got to take seriously. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a really interesting political year in Michigan with the redistricting and everything else. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's going to be uh, if he wants if he wants this job uh, nominee, he's got his work cut out for him and we'll see what happens. All right. Well, we'll have to leave it right there. Nancy Derringer, we always appreciate you. We'll see you again on Friday uh, for the week that was here on the show. Um, And yeah, there's going to be a lot to talk about. I'm sure we'll dig into this a little bit more uh, at the end of the week. Um, All right. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Great to be here. All right. This is the Craig Folly show on deadline Detroit. As I mentioned just moments ago, Nancy Derringer will be back with us on Friday as part of the regular feature, the week that was that we do here on Deadline Detroit as part of my show. It's always a lot of fun. Now, if you get it this way normally through the podcast, which I know a lot of you do, and I really, really do appreciate that. Uh, Those subscription numbers are great. I love to see it. Uh, Keep them coming. Uh, But if you want to watch it live and maybe even participate a little bit in it with comments as they're happening and and subjects as we're talking about them, watch us live, uh, Facebook Live on my page or the Craig Folly Show's Facebook page. And if you comment there, if you go to the Craig Folly Show's Facebook page and watch it, or on YouTube, uh, Deadline Detroit's YouTube page, where it also broadcasts live at 1130 on Fridays, your comments come through and I can see them and I can work them into the conversation. We can put them uh, below the the team there and you can watch it while it's happening live. And uh, we love uh, the live audience that we get for that. So let people know if you like it, if you find something in here that you enjoy, Tell other people about it. It's hugely, hugely important for this kind of show to get word of mouth and shares and all that kind of stuff. I do not have a big advertising budget. I just don't. And um, I don't expect to anytime soon because this is not the kind of thing that makes me a lot of money. This is the kind of thing I do because I really, really enjoy it. So thanks, everybody. Don't forget, send me your suggestions. Send me ideas for shows, people you think I should talk to, feedback on what you've heard. It's easy to do. Show at gmail.com is the best way to do it. Again, Show at gmail.com. You want to pitch me some guests, that's fine too. Or find me online. Uh, you can find me at Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Snapchat, on Instagram. I think that's about it, but that should be enough. It's not hard to find me.
All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. I appreciate the support. Oh, one more thing. Nancy, who was on earlier, she's also the author of the Deadline Detroit newsletter that gets sent to your email inbox every Wednesday afternoon. It is a great curation of the stories that we've been covering this week, stuff that we think you should know about or would be interested in. We really, really do appreciate all of the subscribers, the thousands of people that subscribe to that right now. But if you're not one of them, just go to DeadlineDetroit.com. Look for the newsletter link there. You can sign up for it. It is free and it's uh, really well done. Nancy's great. So um, I always love highlighting the stuff that she is doing for us and also getting an opportunity for us to sort of highlight the other great work that the people at Deadline are doing each and every week. Um, we appreciate all of the support. And if you want to become a member, DeadlineDetroit.com slash membership, $3 a month helps this place keep going. And it's a, a wonderful way to say that you appreciate what we do. And we certainly appreciate it. And um, we will talk again soon. Look for us again on Friday, 1130 live on Facebook and also on Deadline Detroit's YouTube page, the week that was on the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Have a fantastic day, everybody. Stay dry. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in the city. We're asking you to support independent local journalism by joining our $3 a month membership. By joining, you become eligible to win prizes, including tickets for sporting events and gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Just go to our website and click the ad at the top or go to www.deadlinedetroit.com slash membership.